0: You're listening to Time in the Word. The blessing component of the Abrahamic covenant was amplified by the new covenant. The name comes from Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34, but it had already been promised in the Pentateuch and would be affirmed in other prophets such as Ezekiel. It is called new because of its distinction from the old, the Mosaic law. The author of Hebrews confirms that the old covenant, the Mosaic law, has been made obsolete by the establishment of the new covenant. The Jews were unable to keep the Mosaic Covenant. Therefore, God, by His grace, promised to give them a new covenant and heart to obey Him. Dr. Gonzalez explains that since these covenants are all from Israel's past, some have improperly taken them away from Israel and applied them to the church today. They adopt the erroneous opinion that Israel's promises have transferred to the church. One of the essential principles of the Abrahamic Covenant was that it was unconditional and eternal. Abraham did not have to do anything to receive or maintain this covenant. When God reaffirmed his covenant with Abraham, he solemnized his divine oath with the offering of sacrifices. Let us listen as Dr. Gonzalez continues his study on end times prophecy.
1: Father, we thank you for this time. May you open our eyes and ears so that we may grow and be conformed in the image of Christ. May we apply what we learn to our daily lives so that others may see Jesus in us. For it is in his name we pray amen well we're continuing our study in Bible prophecy and uh, we're just going to quickly recap a couple points we've made in the in the last couple of shows we were looking at Israel's role in world history we first uh, started looking at their past and we're still there we looked at the Abrahamic covenant the Palestinian or land covenant and the Davidic Covenant all essential uh, in in uh, so we can properly interpret bible prophecy, the last one we started talking about was the new covenant and we said that this uh, covenant was first found in jeremiah chapter thirty one in fact in jeremiah thirty one verses thirty one through thirty four we find we find the name of this covenant where it 's spoken of as the new covenant and it's spoken of as a new covenant in opposed to the old covenant, meaning the Mosaic uh, covenant, the law covenant. Uh, This covenant essentially is God reestablishing his relationship with the nation of Israel. Uh, it is in, it is new in that regard. Now, in, in uh, I want to read uh, to you real quickly, in Ezekiel chapter thirty-six, verse, verses twenty-six to t- uh, twenty-seven. Uh, this is what it says: I will give you a new heart, and put my put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. This is the new covenant, and this is essentially what God is going to accomplish in the hearts of the Jews uh, at that time. He's reestablishing his relationship with the Jews. You need to remember that uh, as we had originally said in, in our very first uh, program dealing with Bible prophecy that when the prophets so often were given the uh, prophecy, they would see one thing occurring right after another, not realizing that there were valleys or gaps of time in between. In this particular case. Uh, For instance, in Isaiah, when he was given prophecy regarding the first coming of Christ and prophecy regarding the second coming of Christ, uh, we know that Isaiah missed seeing the gap of time between those two peaks, those two uh, prophecies from his point of view from his perspective well one of those gaps has to do with the church age during this church age and oftentimes it is referred to by some as a as a as a parenthesis where god ends his dealings with the jews and the church begins and that parenthesis opens and he's dealing with the church uh, during the church age and at some point uh the rapture takes place the church age ends and god goes back and, and uh, to dealing with the Jews and to reestablishing that relationship. That is what this covenant is all about. And it's new in relation to, uh, as opposed to the old one. In Hebrews chapter uh, 8 and verse 13, listen to what the author of Hebrews says By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and aging will soon disappear. Well, what is that which is becoming obsolete? The the mosaic law, the 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 old covenant. Uh, so we know that God will seek to reestablish His covenant, His relationship with the nation of Israel. Now, the promise to Israel and Judah uh, is made by God and is ratified through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Now the church currently enjoys or uh, the church currently shares in some of the spiritual blessings of that new covenant, but we need to understand here, the new covenant will not be fully experienced until Christ has returned, established his kingdom, and until he has fully dealt with the Jews to the extent that the Jews are now believers in the Messiah, they have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And if you look at the uh, Jeremiah chapter 31, particularly verses 31 through 34, that passage anticipates A millennial kingdom where King Jesus is literally and physically reigning, and the ideal circumstances on planet Earth are characterized by that kingdom. Listen, there will be a time, there will be a time in world history, this is after the the, the, the at, the, at the second coming when he establishes his kingdom, once he's judged the nations, there will be a time in human history where everybody on planet earth will know the Lord. And in fact, the Bible tells us that there will be a time when there will be absolutely no need for evangelism or evangelization because everybody will have a relationship with God. And we read the passage where it says that he will remove the heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh, and he will place the Spirit in them. This is the Israel who has now acknowledged and accepted the Lord Jesus as their Messiah, as their King. So in... in uh, uh, It is also confirmed as an everlasting covenant by the statements found uh, uh, in in a number of passages. But for example, I won't read them, but I'll give you the reference, Isaiah chapter 61, verses 8 and 9, and Ezekiel 37, verses 21 through 28. There are seven points that I want to bring out real quickly about the new covenant. In those passages, we find seven specific points. One, Israel will be regathered. Uh, two, Israel will be one nation ruled by one king. This is, of course, during the millennium uh, uh, reign of Christ. Three, Israel will no longer be an idolatrous people or a nation. They will be cleansed and they will have experienced the forgiveness of God. Fourthly, Israel will dwell forever in the land after regathering. They will never be scattered again from the promised land. Five, the covenant of peace will, uh, uh, will be everlasting with the nation of Israel. Six, God's tabernacle will be with them, meaning he will be present with them in a v- visible way. And finally, Israel uh, will be known among the Gentile nations as a nation blessed by god listen the only hope israel has today the only hope the jew has today is the fact that god is faithful and one day he will fulfill the covenants that he has made with uh with abraham and david and so on that is the hope they have one of these days at the second coming of christ they will fully experience and live that new covenant and once again uh, Understanding these covenants are essential to understand biblical prophecy. Okay, now we're going to get into Israel's present, and maybe if we have time, we will discuss Israel's future. What about Israel today? We said that it is imperative to study their past because their covenants, the covenants made with Israel, play a significant role in understanding biblical prophecy. If we don't understand their past, we will certainly not understand the importance of the the present. and the future uh, role that Israel play in the world. Now listen, the promises of God made to Israel have not been transferred or applied to the church. Those are promises that are still promises made to Israel and they will be fulfilled one day because God is a faithful God and he will not lie and he will not break the oath that he has made. Listen, there, there are essential principles of the Abrahamic covenant that are unconditional and eternal. So let's look at Israel's present uh, or, or Israel today. Listen, I'm going to bring up some points of how God is dealing with the, with the nation of Israel today. Number one, God has retained, listen, God has retained Israel as his chosen people. Israel are still God's chosen people. Let me read you a couple verses of scripture here. Paul, in writing to the Roman church, chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, listen to what Paul says. I ask then, did God reject his people? I mean, what does that mean? did God reject his people by no means I am an Israelite myself a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin God did not reject his people what is Paul saying that God did not reject his people whom he foreknew listen plain English and remember we don't allegorize or spiritualize the text unless the text tells us to look for for a meaning elsewhere we interpret scripture literally we look at the words we look at the grammatical the grammar and we look at the historical context Paul is saying in Romans chapter 11 verses 1 and 2 that God has not rejected the nation of Israel. They are still his chosen people and one day he will continue to deal with them. And he goes on in the same chapter, verses 28 and 29, let me read you that portion. As far as the gospel is concerned, says Paul, they are enemies on your account, but as far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the patriarchs. Listen, listen for God's gifts and His call are irrevocable. Did you get that? Listen, God chose the the nation of Israel, he chose the Jewish people. Because the Jews have rejected the Messiah does not mean that God has rejected the Jews, and it does not mean that 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 the promises made to the nation of Israel have been revoked. Paul clearly states in chapter 11 of Romans that they're still God's chosen people, that he has not rejected them, and that the promises that he made, the patriarchs, are still in effect and he will be faithful in completing those promises because they are irrevocable how we can misunderstand what Paul is clearly saying is beyond me now in terms of the present of uh, for Israel first point was God has retained Israel as his chosen people now let me make this specifically clear clear being part of the chosen people does not mean that you have eternal life if you are a jew and you die having rejected jesus christ in spite of the fact that you were part of the chosen race the chosen people you will stay you will still pay for your sin in other words you are a chosen people and certain blessings come by being the chosen people, but the gospel, the need of accepting Christ as Lord and Savior is not set aside simply because you're chosen. Any human being who rejects Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and, 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 and fails to confess their sin and repent of that sin will pay in hell for their sin, Jew or not. That's important to, 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 to mention because I don't want to give the impression that somehow uh, some group of people may be exempt from having to accept the gospel of Jesus Christ and receive Christ as Lord and Savior. The, the, the gospel is the same for all human beings regardless. Second thing, God is active today preserving and protecting the Jewish people. Listen how it is that the jews have survived the level of persecution that has been unleashed towards them over throughout world history is beyond me and that's the burden that they carry that's the cost of being chosen by god listen having been chosen by god did not come cheap to the jewish people or to the nation of israel they have and they have been persecuted and they have suffered if for no other reason than because they have been chosen by God. But God is preserving and protecting the Jewish people. Let me read you a couple of verses here, important verses. Jeremiah 31, 35 through 37. Do you know that it is impossible to destroy the Jewish people? How do I know? The Bible says it. Let me read you that passage. This is what the Lord says he who appoints the sun to shine by day, who decrees the moon and stars to shine by night, who stirs up the sea so that, it, uh, so that its waves roar, the Lord Almighty is his name. Only if these decrees vanish from my sight, declares the Lord, will the descendants of Israel ever cease to be a nation before me. Did you get the point Jeremiah is making? God has said that in spite of the persecution and in spite of an entire world opposing Israel and wanting to wipe them off the face of the earth, God has decreed that Israel will never cease to be a nation before him. We will never, the world will never be successful in completely wiping out uh, the Israelites, the Hebrews and the Jews uh, from this world. And listen to what... uh, Z- uh, Zechariah says, "This is this is uh, an interesting point. I, I just want to bring up. Zechariah says that any time a people touch Israel, he says they touch the apple of God's eyes." Zef- uh, Zechariah chapter two verse eight. Listen, they are His chosen people. God loves the jews and he will return to dealing with the jews and one day the jews will acknowledge jesus christ as their lord and savior but the bible is very clear that god will protect and preserve the 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 the, the jews uh, and nobody will ever be successful in eradicating er, eradicating or wiping out the jewish people from the face of the earth and anybody who deals with the jews whether favorably or unfavorably is literally touching the 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 apple of God's eye according to Zechariah chapter 2 verse 8. Now listen, throughout history there have been those from Haman to Hitler to Saddam Hussein who have attempted to eradicate the Jews from the face of the earth and we know they have been unsuccessful and we know now why because God decreed that nobody would be successful. In fact, let me just uh, make this comment. Frederick the Great uh, once asked his chaplain Uh, For one clear and compelling evidence for the existence of God. You know what the chaplain said? The amazing Jew, your majesty. The fact that the Jews are still alive and well and regathering in the promised land is testimony that, listen, it's testimony that God exists. And beyond that, it's evidence that God is faithful to his promises. Listen. And that kind of shrinks, doesn't it kind of shrink our problems into size? When we, look at the, when we look at the issues and the suffering and persecution that the Jews have endured throughout history, it sort of makes our issues in life sort of pale by comparison. And it sort of proves to us as Christians that if God has been faithful to them, in spite of the many things they've endured and, and suffered through certainly he will be faithful to us in our smaller problems in life. Another reason another uh, uh, point I want to make is God is presently saving a remnant of Israel. This is important because this will play an important part in, 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 in the outworking of, of biblical prophecy. Listen, in Romans chapter 11 verses 1 through 5 Paul clearly stated that God did not reject the Jewish people and the proof that Paul offered to make his point was the doctrine of the remnant. Listen to what Paul says in verse 5. So too at present time there is a remnant chosen by grace. Do you know and you probably do. You may have heard of it. Do you know that there is an incredibly large movement out there of Messianic Jews? In fact, it has been estimated that around the world there are about 250,000 Messianic Jews. These are Jews who have already accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and savior and these jews are out there proclaiming the gospel of jesus christ in, in, in amongst the rest of the jewish community to try to bring as many into uh, a, a relationship with christ listen that is the remnant god is working and ri- raising in the present time these are the people who god is working with and through to bring about the fulfillment of, of prophecy. There are Messianic Jews all over the world, in South America, in Europe, even in the former Soviet Union. That is the remnant of God. God, by his grace, has chosen a remnant of Jews who, will be, who already believe in the Lord Jesus. And finally, I want to say this about, about uh, Israel's present. God is restoring, listen, God is restoring the Jewish people to the promised land. I just want to give you some interesting facts about world history. And, the, you know, this is, this is world history. You can just go out and get a, a, a history text and, and verify this information. Listen, the Jews had been in exile for nearly 2,000 years. At the destruction of the Temple in Jerusalem in AD 70, the Jews were scattered throughout the land. And not until fairly recently have the Jews begun to regather in the land of Palestine. For 2,000 years, they have been all over the place. In 1881, we saw the first migration of Jews from Eastern Europe to Palestine, back to the homeland. By 1894, Theodor Herzl formed the World Zionist Organization and convened the first Zionist Congress in Basel. This sparked the second wave of immigration from Eastern Europe to the Promised Land. In World War I, the British Empire, through its foreign secretary, Arthur Balfour, issued the Balfour Declaration. This private letter to the Jewish Lord Rothschild declared that his majesty's government uh, view with favor the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people and with its best endeavors to facilitate the achievement of this object. Listen, by 1948... Many Jews had already regathered back into, the, into Palestine. And by 1948, uh, uh, the land was partitioned and, and the Jews were given a portion of that promised land that they currently possess. And in 1948, the United Nations uh, recognized Israel once again as a sovereign nation. Listen, we have seen biblical prophecy literally be fulfilled In our generation. Many of the biblical prophecies, uh, a number of them we have seen. The fact that the Jews are once again back not possessing all of the promised land, they certainly don't extend to the boundaries originally given to Abraham, but the fact that the Jews have regathered AND THEY HAVE COME FROM ALL OVER THE WORLD, AND THEY'RE ONCE AGAIN A SOVEREIGN NATION, IS BIBLE PROPHECY COMING TRUE? THEY HAD BEEN SCATTERED FOR 2,000 YEARS, AND ALL OF A SUDDEN, THEY'RE BEING REGATHERED IN THE PROMISED LAND. NOW, I UNDERSTAND THAT THEY'RE COMING BACK IN SIN, SINCE THEY STILL REJECT THE MESSIAH, BUT GOD IS BRINGING THEM BACK IN PREPARATION FOR THE EVENTS THAT ARE TO TAKE PLACE, AND IN PREPARATIONS TO ONE AND FOR ALL DEAL WITH THEM AND, and, and MAKE THEM BELIEVERS IN THE LORD Jesus Christ. Now, there are uh, a couple points I want to make a, a, in terms of, uh, you know, what does Israel's rebirth fit, how does Israel's uh, rebirth fit in, in biblical prophecy? First of all, we see that Israel, ret- uh, Israel returning to the promised land is an incredible fulfillment of uh, prophecy. That is a beginning in a number of pieces that need to be brought into place in order for the end times to come. Also, the Bible predicts that they will return in stages. It also says that they will return through persecution and that they will be the ones to set the stage for the end times. Well, we're running kind of short of time here, so we're going to have to end the lesson here. Uh, Next lesson, we'll look at Israel's future, and then we'll start considering the the signs of the times. But please recognize that it's absolutely imperative for us to understand that God is still uh, working with the nation of Israel and that he's not ceased to deal with them neither has he rejected them but when the church age is over the church has been raptured he will return to dealing with them and they will one day be believers and enter into the perfect reign of christ in the millennium rule father we thank you for this time we give you all the praise and glory we thank you for your promises and your faithfulness to keep those promises for it is in his name we pray amen